A few weeks ago, um, we, we mentioned the Barna Institute. And the Barna Institute are predicting that one in five churches will close within the next 18 months. That's a horrendous statistic. And the, the reason they gave was because a lack of adaptability that Christians, this is just the truth, Christians were unwilling to learn Zoom, unwilling to adapt their meeting styles, unwilling to pray online or in a WhatsApp group. They were stuck in an old way. And I would just remind you of Pastor Jeremy, our global overseer and the son of our founder, that he has warned everybody not to take that attitude, but rather continue with as much adapting as you can do because we're going to need these skills as we go forward. So thank you to those of you who have been pioneering that. There's been one seminar I know on LIW. There's another two coming up. Please do attend those and do continue to adapt. We're going to need that. About five weeks ago, God really spoke to me about learning from history learning from the lessons of history. It began with that just that message, remember, doomed or destined. If we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. When God wanted to educate me, when God wanted to, to impart to me what would keep me safe, what would lead me to him, he gave me a history book. He gave me a history book. He gave me a book with all the lives of the history of my forefathers and he's, he's given me that so I studied it. I can study it and I cannot make the same mistakes. When we looked at Solomon, if you remember, Solomon is a huge biblical figure. But his conclusion after all his time with God was fear the Lord. Last week when, or the week before when we looked at David, we saw over the course of his life, that he realized he had been so presumptuous, presuming that God is, of course God's with me. Of course God will forgive me. There are many things that God doesn't forgive, you know. And there's warnings about that in Scripture. I believe you can lose your salvation. So be careful about presumption. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Many will presume not just in minor areas, but also with their very salvation. They presume they will be forgiven. But there's criteria for forgiveness. If you do not forgive, you cannot be forgiven, etc., etc. So we saw the seriousness of the conclusions of these men of history with Solomon, the fear of the Lord, with David, presumption. Today, I want to look at a third character, and that is the life of Joseph. Now, you all know we do it in primary school. Joseph is such a, a wonderful story, a wonderful biblical character. But when you look at the life of Joseph, what, is, what would his life lesson be? What would he teach us? Well, after researching it over the last few days, one thing stood out to me. And it's this. When God blesses you, you better watch your attitude. <laughs> If God has blessed you, you better not be presumptuous about that because blessings come with responsibilities. When God blesses you, watch your attitude and watch your response. And maybe God has blessed you with wealth. Believe me, if you live in the UK, you're amongst the very top notch in this entire world of wealthy nations. We are better off than, than many, many, many nations. God can bless you with wealth. 
He can bless you with the favor of other people. He can bless you with your talents, bless you with health, bless you with intellect, bless you with beauty. He can bless you with many things. But how I handle that, how I respond to that is incredibly important. A person who is blessed has temptations. The more blessings you have, the more temptations you're going to face. A person who is blessed has opportunities. You're responsible for those. A person who is blessed has temptations. They've got opportunities and responsibilities. I want to begin by reading to you. You don't have to turn to it. I'll read to you from uh, Paul's letter to Timothy about the attitude of some people. And he said this, command those who are rich. Listen to this. Command those who have been blessed. Command. So it's an order, right? It's, it's, it's a commandment. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Tell them to watch their attitude. They've been blessed. Command them to do good. So blessing comes with temptations not to be good. It comes with temptations to be arrogant, temptations to be proud. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says, some of these people have begun to transfer their hope from God where they started to the money in their bank account. Command them not to do that. And he was warning them about this progression that you can take. If you're not conscious or you become careless about the goodness of God towards you, well, let, let's begin this morning by asking a, a more basic question than that. What is a blessing anyway? What is a blessing? We grew up with it. I was a Catholic. We, you bless yourself. and people. You know, what is a blessing? Well, when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't just Adam and Eve that fell. It was all of creation. The animal life, the, the plant life, the birds, the trees, the cows, the cattle... All of humanity came under the curse. A blessing is not a curse. They're opposites. So everything, all of creation came under the curse. A blessing is simply when God, a blessing at its most fundamental level is simply whenever God intervenes into this cursed environment from Genesis and he overturns that curse. And he causes you good rather than evil. We can bless it. We can do each other good, etc. But that's what it is. A classic example of this is in Matthew's Gospel. If you remember, there was a man who had great debt. He was stressed out because he couldn't pay his bills. His debts were increasing. And he got desperate. So he went to the king. He began to pray, if you like. Began to ask the king, Will you help me? Will you have mercy on me? I have financial difficulties. And the good king, with his merciful heart, said, Yes. I will wipe your debt out. So this man goes outside the door and he meets, an, he's just been blessed. He goes outside the door, he sees another person who owes him very little. And instead of having a gracious attitude to the blessing he received, he beat the servant. So the king changes his mind. Get him back in here. <laughs> Bring that guy back in here. How dare you handle blessing like that. Don't you know that that came with responsibilities? So the last few days I've just been considering some biblical examples of people who got this wrong 
and people who got this right, who handled their blessing well and who did not handle their blessing well. And the first character I would bring to you is in the book of Daniel and it's King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was phenomenally blessed. Great wealth, great position, great power, great security. And in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar says this, Is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built? And while the words were still leaving the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven. It is decreed that you, Nebuchadnezzar, that uh, the, the glory will depart from you. You will be driven away from mankind to live with the beasts of the field. And in fact, what began to happen, and you know the story, he went out and lived like an animal. So Nebuchadnezzar, at the point of taking the glory away from God, something happens to him, and it's a very important point. He has a mentality change. His, he, Michael prayed at the beginning of this meeting, thank you, Lord, that we have sanity. Well, I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we do. Because whether you look at Nebuchadnezzar and the wealth, it made him insane. He became insane. Blessing drove him crazy. And he ended up a crazy guy. You know, the prodigal son, the prodigal son was blessed. Blessed to have a father that loved him. Blessed with wealth, with security. But the prodigal son went out of his mind. And the reason we know that is because in Scripture it says, uh, Luke chapter 15, it says, when he came to his senses. In other words, when he came to his right thinking. So I want my, my, my first point to you today is be very careful, particularly of financial blessing, because it seems to me that one of the consequences in is a change in mentality. Some people, we don't, every one of us here can think of someone who is negatively affected by the blessing in their lives. Their minds change. They don't have a good self-perception. They're deluded. <laughs> And that's what happened, the prodigal, that's what happened, Nebuchadnezzar, and I pray it doesn't happen you or me. It's almost like a mental illness of sorts. Mental illness has a, a spectrum from mild to severe, and certainly with Nebuchadnezzar, that was a serious malfunction in his thinking. Another thing that I've noticed over many years is people mishandle blessing eventually. They do it wrong eventually. I've done visas for nearly 25 years for different people in different countries. And if you do them over that span, you suddenly, you see it from time to time. Thank God, not that much. But in the beginning, someone will stand up and say, I want to give a testimony this morning. I was nothing. I was no one. I had no employment. I couldn't even leave the country, but God opened a door for me. God got me a visa. I ended up here in the UK. And he, I praise God today. Five years later, well, you know what? <laughs> I was wiser than everybody else, to be honest. The testimony starts to change. And as the years go by, it begins by praising God. But then years and years go by and we start to take the credit upon ourselves. This is what Nebuchadnezzar did. His testimony changed. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't let the blessings of God 
what he's done in your life affect you like that. The second example is Joseph. Joseph was extremely blessed. Jacob loved Joseph. However, Joseph was gifted. He had a gift. That's a blessing. And you may be gifted. Joseph had the gift of visions and dreams. But instead of using this in humility, he used it to exalt himself over his other family members, over his even his father and his brothers, and he became really bombastic and proud. And this caused his downfall. In fact, just yesterday when I was preparing this, I just thinking about, isn't it interesting how some people are blessed and then it stops? It just stops. You notice their lives, they're growing, they're, they're blessed, they're blessed, they're blessed. And then it's like there's a switch, something changes. And this is certainly so exemplified in the life of Joseph. I mean, this guy was blessed, blessed, blessed. Bang, you're in a pit. <laughs> you're going to prison for 14 years. Wow, such a sudden. What caused the blessing to stop? What turned the tap off? What, what stopped this? And Joseph should have asked. He did ask himself that question eventually. And he changed dramatically and he ended well. But in the beginning, it would have been good to ask yourself. And we can learn historically from the mistakes he made. Hezekiah. Bad example number three. Hezekiah once again is a king of great, great wealth. But Hezekiah has a problem. He's a show-off. He's a show-off nearly caused his death. He invited other people into his kingdom, into his house. Come and see my great wealth. Come and see my great possessions. And God was not happy with that at all. In fact, the people, the very people that he invited into his home then designed to destroy him. So be very careful. Hezekiah, Joseph, Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, all of these people made severe mistakes about their handling of the blessing of God. Look at Absalom, cracking example. Absalom was greatly loved by David. David said he would have given his life for Absalom. He would rather that he had died rather than him. He was blessed with wealth, blessed with power, but in the same way, Absalom, the world is not enough, as James Bond would say. The world is not enough for Absalom. He wasn't happy with that. And even though he had the love of his father, something was going on inside this man, inside his mind, that any blessing, it's not enough. I need something more. Absalom never learned to be content with his lot. He was never content with his, the lot that God, and that was a lavish lot. Do you know what the Apostle Paul said? I have learned. I have learned to be content. Contentment is something we learn, not so much something we're given. I have learned. Absalom did not learn that. And I, I would say, be very careful about putting pressures on yourself to achieve things that other people are not even, you know, thinking about. <laughs> uh, that, I think that was Absalom's baseline problem here. For example, who says you need a better car? You do. Nobody else cares about that. Who says you need a better house? You do. Who says you need this, that, that? You do. Self-imposed expectations. Your neighbors, your friends, 
probably don't even care tuppence about that. And Absalom was living under pressure to be something or achieve something. I don't see anybody else with that idea in their mind. These were self-imposed expectations. Don't live under those, even those you put upon yourself, never mind society or family or whoever. So a quick bit of warning then. Be very careful of your blessings in your life. Be careful of your wealth. Be careful of your education. Be careful of your looks. Be careful of your giftings. Be careful of your possessions. Because it's all vanity. Vanity. Do you know what Nebuchadnezzar did? He went from vanity to insanity. That's what he did. His, from vanity to insanity. From, by taking the glory for himself, for the giftings and the things that God had given him, that drove him to insanity. And by the way, you can find someone who is beautiful. Okay? Beautiful man. Handsome man. Beautiful woman. And society is very quick to say, huh, this person is vain. Okay, maybe they are vain. But don't you know that your education, you can have vanity in your education. You can ascribe it to yourself. The Apostle Paul said, forgetting what lies behind. You can have vanity in your giftings. You can have vanity with your possessions. It's all vanity, as Solomon said. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. So there are many negatives. That's just a few to give you an outline, an idea of the danger of blessings, really, if we don't control them positively. But case studies positive. Who do we know? Who can we see in Scripture who handled these things very well? Well, let me begin, if I may, outside of Scripture, with the man we all know, and that's Rick Seward. I met Rick a long time ago, and I have to say, of everyone I've ever met in my life, and I'm not the only person to say this, he had more wealth flow through, and not personally. He was not personally wealthy at all. He's a normal guy. But he had more kingdom wealth passed through that man's hands than I can, my mind boggles. And what I liked about Rick from beginning to end was the blessing never stopped. It never stopped. The money continued to flow for decades into the kingdom. This was the remarkable fact about Rick. He really did have a key. He's not perfect. There's other aspects of his life where he, he would miss it and he'd be wrong in this. But on this point, Rick had learned some lesson. And of course, he taught it all over the world. He taught about the progression of blessing. Pay your tithe. But when you're blessed, don't forget the free will offering. But when you're blessed with your free will offering, don't forget your sacrificial offering. Keep going or the blessing will stop. And once you've made your sacrificial offering, don't forget your faith pledge. And that's where he would live, in that ever-increasing realm of faith. So Rick knew how to enter into blessing, how to continue in blessing without being kicked out of the game, as it were. So we can learn a lot from him. I think of King David, actually, in terms of someone who grew in blessing and learned to hold the blessing of God. He was the king, if you remember. He, he was very merciless with uh, Uriah the Hittite. He killed him. He committed adultery. David was merciless at a certain time. Even though blessed, he was merciless. And he lost his kingdom. He lost every, everything fell apart from that point on in David's life. But later, 
Later, David looks back. Hey, I'm not doing that again. Next time God blesses me, I'm not. So when he gets back on the throne, he, where's Mephibosheth? Who can I be blessing to? Who can I be kind to? In the past, I was blessed and I was merciless. And I lost it all. And I'm not going to go back down that road. And we see David in the latter years of his life, a very merciful, very wise individual when it comes to holding and maintaining the blessing of God. And I would be at fault if I didn't mention Mary. No, 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 no. Mary, the mother of Jesus. <laughs> she, because it says that all generations shall call her blessed. All generations. So she deserves that place and recognition. She obviously had enormous temptations to reject this, this chalice, this cup that was given to her. I mean, this is, a, this is a twofold blessing right here. This is twofold because there's such pain. But she is one of those very few people in Scripture. The Scripture is very honest. It tells you the good, the bad, and the ugly about everybody. Mm -hmm. But there's a few people that only get a good report. You know, uh, Daniel, Isaac, mm. and Mary. So we don't hear anything negative whatsoever. And I think that's just because she did walk a very, very difficult. But she walked in that blessing and all generations yeah. will call her blessed. In conclusion, I want to I conclude where I started off. Nebuchadnezzar simply went crazy. He went out of his mind. But that's not the end of the story. In Daniel chapter 4, after he was put out for a time, completely insane because of his abuse of the blessing God gave him. In uh, chapter 4, verse 34. But at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven, and my sanity was restored to me. Then I praised the Most High, and I, honor, and I honored and glorified him who lives forever. At the, uh, at the same time, my sanity was restored, my honor and my splendor returned to me, and my kingdom was returned to me. So we find the grace of God coming back and giving Nebuchadnezzar almost like a second chance. And I pray that for you and for us this morning. Has God blessed you? The answer is a profound yes. God has blessed you. He's blessed you in a multitude of ways. But I pray that we wear our crowns with humility. You know, Joseph can wear his coat. No problem. Joseph can wear the coat. But he needs to wear the coat with humility. That's what he needs to do. That's the change. So God's not trying to take away our blessings. That's not the kind of God we serve. He wants to bless, but he won't destroy you in the process. And if we don't cooperate with the responsibilities and the opportunities and... Uh, effectively defeat the temptations that come with blessing then we will become one of these biblical casualties wear your blessings with humility never let the goodness of God become a source for pride in you that really is insanity love the giver not the gift Father we pray for ourselves this morning our families our homes we thank you for your great great blessing on us you're a good good father you have blessed us and we acknowledge that i pray we would never stray from this basic testimony that like nebuchadnezzar we would not take the glory for ourselves 
And Lord, I pray for the secret vanities that may be hidden within us, that we would reject them, whatever they may be. Vanity in our qualifications, our education, our possessions, our looks, our giftings, our abilities, our business acumen, wherever it is. We cast it down like crowns before you, Lord Jesus. And we refresh our testimony that God is God. And without him, we are nothing. We are but a vapor. And like Nebuchadnezzar, if our thinking is not straight, like Nebuchadnezzar said, today my sanity was restored and my blessings were secured. And I pray that for all of us, particularly here in LFC. May we think straight. And may you secure us in this life as a witness and a testimony to your goodness and your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.